0: This is the Beginner's Guide to Human Design. I'm your host, Madeline Evergreen. This podcast makes understanding your human design chart super simple and easy. Have you ever looked at your chart and seen all those shapes, lines, arrows, and numbers and gotten lost in the descriptions? Me too. After countless hours of practice and study, I'm here to break it down for you. Now let's get into today's episode today you get to be a fly on the wall for Nancy Peterson's human design reading. Now, this is a little bit different, actually I should say way different than what it would be like for somebody's very first one-on-one human design reading. Nancy is somebody I've known for years. She has been to my somatic breathwork events. She's been to my fitness classes at Studio Timeout for a really long time. And she was inside of my course, Manifest with Madeline. So inside this conversation, you're going to hear about how human design has been going for Nancy. She's been practicing this for a while. She's been practicing manifestation, trying to live according to her design, and you're going to get a glimpse at what is that like for somebody who's really been applying the knowledge. And then I step in, ask her some questions, find out what's not working, and help direct things so that they work a little bit better for her. We talked about so many different topics, but especially the topic of being a manifesting generator, having a six and a two in your profile, and we even dove into her digestive type, her environment, and some of the deeper aspects of the chart that we don't normally get to talk about. So if you love just hearing about human design and understanding how it actually works in a real person's life, then sit back and enjoy this amazing conversation. Hi, Nancy, welcome to the podcast. Hi,
1: Madeline, thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here today.
0: Good, I'm excited too. So we're gonna be doing kind of like a mini reading session for you today. And you are not a brand new beginner, so you have been learning a bit about human design from the podcast, and you were also in Manifest with Madeline a couple of months ago, which was, of course, all about manifesting using your human design. And I'm just curious to hear from you, like, where are you at with human design? How is it all going? Um, just give me a little bit of an update.
1: Okay, well... What's been happening is I still listen to your podcast. So I try to hear your latest podcast each week, take notes. I'm really been focusing on my digestion because it isn't natural for me. Mine is sounds and music, that high sound. And of course, growing up or always thinking, oh, I'm so busy. and oh, I got so much going on in my life. Oh, I should have a quiet meal. Here's what's the good news. I have done my partner, Mike's chart. He has the same digestion as me. So it works really well that now it's like, hey, let's turn on some music while we have dinner. So that um, is becoming a little bit easier to think, okay, what should I be doing during my meals? And sometimes it's, if I'm at work, I'm listening to a podcast. Sometimes I'm, even for me, it may not be high sound, but I like to read during while I eat. So to me, that's, it's, it's working for me.
0: Mm -hmm. So I've been doing that.
1: Um, And then what the other, so I've been focusing on that. And also what's again, difficult for me is I am a specific yet passive manifester. So I've wrote out my specific manifesting things that I want to do. But it's been a little difficult not to like go back and revisit all that stuff and think about it all the time. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, I feel the same way. Um, I'm also passive, and I always, always want to think about it and talk about it all the time. But do, have you found at all it to be more successful? Like, have you been able to attract anything when you don't do that?
1: Yes, um, a couple months ago. So. I went back to my journal and I think I started listening to you on early May. And one of the things I was wanting to manifest, so Madeline, I think you know that I own my own business. I have employees and I was manifesting a new employee and I had kind of, you know, put down what I was looking for, the qualities. And it's really interesting. Someone came into our organization, but it's really interesting that they were here for about a week. And then they like abruptly quit so that they had a better opportunity, which I was like, that's fine. That's great. But literally someone else has like walked into our organization that we did not do our usual job search for. And I was like, Oh, that worked. That worked. My other thing that I'm manifesting around work though is a longer term goal. It's the annual, you know, financial goal. So I'm just letting that sit and, Again, a lot of people are like, oh, the goal. And oh, we're worried about it. I'm like, I'm not worried. I'm mm-hmm. not worried. Mm-hmm. I'm just put it out there. I was very specific. And I so I will let you know at the end of the year how that comes out, okay?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's really good that you're not like really focused on that goal or dwelling on the number. And it would be good not to be like constantly checking, you know, excessively to see where you're at. That's really positive since you're passive. Yeah. Oh, wait. Yeah. Yes. You're passive. Yes, I'm pa- Sorry. Yes. I just got yeah. mixed up for a second. Yeah. yeah. Madeline,
1: I think I'm the same as you. I'm specific and I'm passive.
0: Yeah. So I'm yeah. non-specific. And, so oh, I you're not. That oh, okay. Yeah. But I'm passive. So I know what that's like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. What else is going on?
1: Um, okay. Let's see here. Um, I thought what's been really interesting is as I dove into this, and really found out about, um, I'm a manifesting generator. And now that I look back in my life, I wish I would have known this, you know, of course, 20, 30 years ago. But as I look back, my life, I have been kind of living it, but then kind of always questioning, like, why am I always doing these, these things that I only do for a period of time, and then I move on to something else. Here's an example. When I was in my 20s, I got super interested in karate. So I went and got my black belt. You know, it took me four or five years. Then I had children and I got super interested in, I'm going to be a parent and how do you raise boys? And I read everything I could, went to all the classes. Then I decided, I tried one yoga class. Oh my God, I love this. So I went and became a yoga teacher and I did that for a period of time. And then all during that too, I was like, oh, I got my master's. And now I am currently in the, oh, my gosh, I love Pilates. I'm going to become a Pilates certified instructor. So I'm about halfway through that. But now, as I look back, of course, that makes sense. I'm just doing exactly what my chart says. Um, the other thing that I, can you, can you
0: look back and see how there's probably something that you gathered or learned from each of those things that actually applies that you bring into the next thing?
1: Yeah, Even like karate
0: to parenting to yoga, like those, like you wouldn't think that those things have a correlation, but for you, you probably can correlate how that's helped the next thing.
1: Yes. I a hundred percent agree because Every single thing I've done, I look back and that common thread tends to be that mind, body, soul, um, connection where karate, yoga, Pilates, parenting, like they're so they're such disciplinary type activities. And that's what I have found that I am very attracted to that. So as I look forward into well, what do I want to do in the next ten or twenty years? I know that I'm very connected to health, wellness, mind, body soul well wellness, wellness type um mm-hmm. activities, and that probably as I'm working, my next thing I'm working on is what is my ultimate purpose and passion that I want to work on so mm-hmm. yeah,
0: cool, cool okay, what else? What else is coming up?
1: Um, all right, so here's what else is coming up. I like was giggling and When in your podcast, when you started talking about, um, it is the numbers, the profile numbers Mm -hmm. again, so fascinating. I am a six, two, um, and the two, no, it's the six. I believe if correct me if I'm wrong, Madeline, the six is when you said it's my first number, those first 30 years of my life are like a three, I have to experience everything to see what works for me. Yeah. I look back that explains a lot of my personal turmoil Mm -hmm. through up through, especially like 18 through 30. Wow. Um, and it's in, and, and yeah, it's, that has been very helpful for me. This has been helpful to understand because you can get into, as you look back, you'd be like, Oh, I can't believe I did that. Or I can't believe that mistake I made. And now you go, oh, well, that was just who I was. And that's what I needed so that I can become this now wiser, older woman. And I do feel that way that like, I have this wisdom that I do want to share with people. But however, uh, my strategy is responding. Mm -hmm. So that's also another like hurdle of, and correct me again, if I'm wrong, my understanding is that responding, I have to wait people to ask me for my wisdom Um, or tell me about that?
0: Not quite. So that's a little bit like, um, the projectors waiting for people to ask you for wisdom and advice is like waiting for the invitation as a projector. And this is where responding can get kind of, um, confused. Sometimes people sort of lump those in together, but for a generator or a manifesting generator like you, um, The strategy of responding is much more about always seeing a million options in front of you. It's like you are at the biggest buffet you've ever seen and it's like the buffet of life where you have so many choices and the way you decide what you're gonna eat is by saying no, 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 hell yes, no, not right now, but maybe tomorrow, no, no, hell yes. And so you're you're not waiting for like the waiter to come up and, and show you like, do you want this? You, you just see all these choices all the time and then you're going to respond yes and no to things. And if it's a hell yes, like it's so obvious and it's like a full-bodied sensation that you feel physically as a yes, like you feel butterflies or you actually lean in or your face lights up or you start making sounds like, ooh, that would be you responding yes before your brain is even aware that it's a yes. Or if you start like cringing or going like, "Eh, well, that's you responding a no before your brain even knows that it's a no. And so when it comes to just navigating through life, you're just going to say, okay, I've always got choices. I've always got options. And the more in alignment I get the more options the universe is going to send me. So I'm going to get even more of those. And I just have to always be responding to things. And now how sometimes it's helpful to know, well, what what wouldn't you be doing? Like that can feel really obvious and it can feel like, well, of course, that's how you're operating. Well, here's what you wouldn't want to do in life. Just be on autopilot and just go through your life just doing whatever you've always done or whatever everybody else is doing or whatever's comfortable or just the obvious next step. Like, well, I woke up, so now I'm going to go to the bathroom and then now I'll just brush my teeth. Like that is not a way for a generator or manifesting generator to operate. You actually want to choose like, hell yes, I'm choosing to brush my teeth on purpose or actually, this is not for me and I'm not doing that anymore or whatever it is, but not being on autopilot and instead choosing on purpose what you are doing.
1: That makes a lot of sense. And I think, yeah, that makes a lot of sense as far as I can see that I always have a lot of choices Mm -hmm. and it, the, the whole, um, Diving into my human design chart has been really being more aware of how I personally operate, and am I in alignment with the chart? And I'm also been doing some of a lot of different podcasts um, and different books on just <clears throat> thought leadership, um, how you control your thoughts. But I but I've like been mixing up my morning routine mm-hmm. and doing different things. Um, just again, just to be more mindful of what am I really doing? What are my choices and being okay with the choice, not beating myself up, Of, oh, I should have gotten up and worked out this morning. It's like, nope, sleep was more important. That's okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then before I forget, I want to answer the other part of your question, um, which was about the six and being wise. Oh, yeah um if you're comfortable can you just tell us what is your age
1: (laughs) yes i'm 60.
0: okay perfect so i this is very important for the six um your actual age doesn't really matter for almost anything in the chart except for this there's these interesting phases that you go through as a six and let's just really quickly review what that is for anyone who's listening that can't can't, uh, hasn't heard this so you had mentioned before that for your first 30 years or so, you were very experimental. And that's what happens with a six. So a six acts a lot like a three for about the first 30 years. And a three is somebody who only learns from their own experience. They learn from failing, they learn from succeeding, and they don't learn because somebody told them or because they took a class or had a mentor. You know, you can pretend you learned, but you're not really going to know it in your soul until you failed or you succeeded. And then you know what's right and wrong for you. So that's how you operate for the first 30 years. And technically, it's until your first Saturn return. Have you looked up those dates?
1: I I did Madeline, and I have to find it in. I don't know if I can find it right now. In you my don't have to
0: find notes, it right now.
1: I did after I listened to your podcast. I looked those up, and it was interesting. It was it was about that every twenty eight, twenty seven, twenty eight. But I did I did have the dates on those. Yeah,
0: yeah. So for anyone who has a six in their profile, if you just look up like Saturn return calculator or something in Google and put in your birth information, and it will tell you. Um, your Saturn return. And actually, everybody has a Saturn return, not just sixes. Everybody does. But if you have a six in your profile, it's very important that you know about those dates because you'll have your first Saturn return at the end of your 20s. It lasts about three years. So like 26, 27, it'll start around there. And Typically, that's going to be, um, I I don't like to prescribe that it's going to be a bad time or a time of turmoil, but it can be very difficult for people. What this really is, is that it's pushing you into like this last bit of experimentation into now you're wise. Like now, after that first Saturn return, you're stepping into your 30s, and now you no longer need experimentation for self learning you know things now you're a wise person Mm -hmm. and part of it is because of everything you already experienced in the last 30 years but there's also like a big push a big finish within those three years of the Saturn return and so you could have wonderful things happen you could have challenging things happen Um, I have a six in my profile and I got married at the end of my Saturn return, but also my stepfather almost died. I had multiple car accidents and floods in my condo and it was like very turmoil time. And so then you move into your thirties and for the next 30 ish years until your next Saturn return, which you probably just came out of. Yes. uh, Yeah. For those next 30 years, you are a wise woman now. You're not going to feel that need to do so much experimentation, but this period is about you applying what you've learned to yourself. So you're like wise by example. You're not so much in an energy of telling everybody else what to do or being wise for them, but you're like wise because you're living it yourself. You're living what you learned and trying it on and seeing how it's going. Then you go through another Saturn return which you probably just got out of recently. And right. now you are like the wise woman of the tribe. <laughs> so I you're would like here to, to I like I'd
1: like to think so. I, I Yeah. So. But there is some of that that I, boy when you look back and and I think back to the last 30 years And what you say is very, very true. I've just gathered a lot of life experience more sometimes now from just, oh, yeah, I did that. I learned from that. And now there's sometimes you just like, oh, I just have this knowing. I just know. And it's hard to explain why, you know especially when you're trying to advise children. It's just like-
0: Let me just stop you right there because you just said like a gold sentence, like a perfect sentence. It's hard to explain what you know. So this is so common in human design. Um, People like to try and explain their just knowings, their wisdom, their instincts or their intuition or anything. And it's almost never going to be explainable because this wisdom that you have actually isn't coming from logic or from your brain. It's coming from an enormous accumulation of observations you've made in life that have all sort of fizzled down into this inner knowing, and it's not logical. And so trying to explain it or justify it is like, you're going to be on the hamster wheel for forever trying to figure that out because there isn't a logical reason for why you are wise.
1: Right. You just know
0: some things and that's it.
1: Yep. And I think it's been that years of tuning in. And I have also done a lot of energy work over the last 30 years. And I've done breath work with you. So you start again, removing the the crud the energy crud that's blocked and I think that opens up those those channels for being wise mm-hmm. and so um because I definitely look back and I look back to that person in their 20s I'm like I don't even know who that was
0: mm-hmm. so yeah that's
1: how I that like intuitively I'm just like I I feel like I know that why I'm why I know these things but it is it's you just can't explain it to others. Oh, I've done energy work. Oh.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, and what's going to be helpful for you to know is that the six is the first number in your profile. So you're a six, two. So this is how you see yourself and you just get it. Like you, you connect with that, you get it. And it's not that it isn't true for other people, but they will have trouble seeing you as the wise woman. And so the one way that you can facilitate this in your relationships with people is to tell them somehow like you don't have to be like i'm wise but to somehow make it clear to people that you're open to helping you have wisdom to share you have guidance like you do kind of have to um either energetically or verbally declare that because people won't just default to you being wise if it was your second number everybody would think you're wise because Mm. that's how other people see you um and so it can be a little tricky with this because you don't want to go and push wisdom on people or even think that this is about you teaching anybody anything but if you're like let's say you're in an interaction with one of your kids or someone you're close with and you're feeling like, okay, I have wisdom to share. They're probably not gonna immediately ask. You're somehow gonna have to facilitate them being open to hearing it.
1: Sure. Some of my very close uh, women friends that I've known for years and years, they will come and seek out my advice because they they will actually because they've seen it over the years because I was probably giving it unsolicited <laughs> in my younger days. Oh well, let me tell you what your problem is. Mm-hmm. Um, let me tell you your solution now. It's like but so some of them and some of them now will even say well you talk to my kid
0: they're really struggling right now. I'm like yeah because
1: they know me and they trust me. So it you can I can do it a little bit.
0: Yeah. Yeah for sure. And then do you have questions about the two or do you feel pretty clear about that uh,
1: Do you know what? Remind me what that is. I I looked it up and then I. Yeah.
0: So the two is quite a bit simpler than the six. The two is called the hermit, but also the natural. So this just means that the hermit side of you has got to have alone time. And everybody needs alone time. That's just kind of universal. But for a two, it's like you need food, you need air, water, and alone time. Like you must have that. And if you don't, you just are not going to be able to function. And it's not an indication of an amount of alone time. Like maybe you don't actually need tons. Maybe you do. That's up to you to figure out. But you must prioritize your alone time because when you give yourself that space to be alone That's when the natural comes out. And the natural is somebody who has these natural gifts and talents that just can't be explained. Like you're probably just really good at some things that you never really had to try that hard to be good at. And it's not that you're practicing those skills when you're alone. It's that those skills will be like remembered inside of you when you give yourself the alone time. It's like they just come out of you in life when you honor having alone time.
1: Yeah, very true, Madeline. I have known that for years and years. There's like nothing more that I love than having alone time and reading a book. Mm -hmm. I mean, if that's my recharge, energize, and I have known that for, I mean, like since I was a child, you know, it'd be a beautiful sunny day. And I'm like, no, I want to be inside and read a book.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And I will still do that. And I do, and but I'm more clear about it now, especially now that um it, it was hard raising kids. You didn't get a lot of alone time. But now that um I am in a, a new relationship, we do live together, but he knows I'll say, you know what? Yes, you go away for the weekend <laughs> I'm completely fine by myself. And actually I relish it. It's like yeah. I like that. And even some days in the evenings, it's you know what, I just need a few minutes just to decompress, maybe read a few chapters in my book, and then, yeah, it's my alone time.
0: Good. Okay, so that's really good that you're already using that. And one thing to just keep in mind when the two is your second number is that sometimes people will automatically think that you're antisocial or that you just don't want to hang out or you don't like them or they'll take offense if you don't always participate This doesn't always happen to a two, but it can because people just see, like they really see the alone time that you're taking and they might take it personal. So if that ever comes up, you just need to be sensitive to that and just find a way to explain it to them or, you know, you don't have to change, but just know you might come across that way to people.
1: Um, that also I could see that happening where, um, I could tend yet yeah, to be look like I am maybe a bit antisocial when I don't want to go out with another couple or it's just mm-hmm. like, I've had enough social time this week. So yeah, I, and so, you are know, absolutely right. I may need to explain that more that it's not about those people. It's just, I'm desperately needing someone all the time. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then when people hear that, since it's your second number, they'll probably be like, Oh, Okay. Like now I see it. Yeah. If it's right. your first okay. number, it will be even more difficult for them to understand or accept. So, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. Great. Good. So you, are know, you have, oh, go ahead. I was going
1: to say, I didn't know if you had other questions for me, but on my chart, I'm really curious about, and I haven't heard any of your podcasts yet about talking about that bottom thing, the environment. I'm really curious about how mine comes out here.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was kind of hoping we could talk about that. Oh,
1: Um, good, good.
0: (laughs) Yours makes me laugh because it's called Dry Kitchens. So um, I don't know why that one always just makes me laugh. There's dry kitchens and there's wet kitchens. But um, just for you and for everybody else listening, what is this environment in human design? And the way that you can find what your environment is is by looking up your chart at myhumandesign.com or you can use the My Human Design app. But I don't think that very many of the other human design websites show this part. Some of them might, but I know that my human design does. So in the description on the side, it will say environment. And then it'll say some kind of funny word like yours is dry kitchens. And the environment is a very interesting part of human design. It's really fun to know about. And it's not that important, but we're still going to talk about it. But this is not like how important it is to follow your strategy or your authority. This is just kind of like the cherry on top. So the environment shows you what kind of environment or setting is going to help you thrive the best. It's not just about work or socializing or home. It's just do the best that you can to be in this kind of environment a lot and try and set up your life so you're in this kind of vibe a lot. And it it's not So literal, it can be, but it's not just that you have to like live and work in a kitchen. You could, but what the essence or the energetics of kitchens are in environments is a hub where people kind of come and go. It's like the main place where people collect in a home or all come together randomly. And there's some alchemy going on, like maybe somebody's making something and someone over there is making something else. And it's creative and it might be a little bit busy or a little bit crowded in one sense. Like what it isn't is a huge, open, vast space where everyone can spread out and just be kind of on their own. If you're in a kitchen with other people, you're just all kind of hubbubbing together. And there's that element of creation or alchemy. And then dry literally means you do better in drier climate than humid. And this oh. is, I have to say, I've, I don't know about that because I've had so many people say that they feel the opposite. What do you feel about humidity or dry?
1: You know, when I was in my, let's say, I'm going to say 40s and I was doing a lot of hot yoga, I loved the heat, the humidity, my body really got used to it. But I'll tell you where I'm going this weekend that I love, 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 love is Sedona. Oh, I'm so
0: jealous. I love Sedona. (laughs) Okay.
1: So, but I find that I actually, that, that just dry, the heat, I really like that. And as maybe as I've gotten older, I don't do hot yoga anymore. I don't like, especially this year, I was like, Oh, I don't like this humidity. I feel a little more (gasps) like I can't breathe as well. Mm -hmm. So, um, I would say, yeah, actually that does resonate with me, the dry kitchen. And I find it interesting too, when you, when you understand the aspect of this, um, I moved our, our company to a new office building and, we have an open like galley kitchen where we can all gather and I put out a big Oriental rug. So it looks more homey. And it's really funny. Sometimes people will sit back there and have meetings kind of created my dry kitchen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's like perfect. I was going to ask if you have anything like that at work or if there's like a kitchenette where you always end up gathering or something. Yes. That's,
1: When we do all of our company meetings now, everything is back in this little area where the kitchen is a refrigerator, you know, we have, uh, we just had lunch there on Monday and, and we hold a meeting. So Mm -hmm. yeah. And even in my office, because we have less space, um, I share my office now with my CFO because when he's here, then we, we talk high level and ideas and it's, it's, I really like the energy of it.
0: Cool. So I wanna take you on like a little, not a journey, but like a step-by-step explanation of how some things all come together here. Should we do that? Okay. And yeah, this let's do is going to involve the dry kitchens, but not for a few minutes. Okay, all so right. What I wanna back up and talk about digestion. We don't need to go deep into it because it sounds like you already um, understand it really well, but feel free to ask a question. So everybody has a digestive type in human design. And this is not a diet you should eat. It's like a way of eating so that you can turn on more parts of your brain. You basically amplify your brain power and become a lot more – powerful, I'll just say, as a human being, more sensitive, more alive, more awake in your brain. And most people also notice that their body works better when they eat according to their digestion as well. So for you, yours is called high sound. So that just means that you are meant to be eating with some kind of stimulating noise on, and it's not the same for everybody. So one person might actually think that bird sounds is stimulating Like really stimulating. And somebody else might think that bird sounds is incredibly relaxing and non-stimulating. So you would want to think like, what are stimulating sounds for me? Maybe it's a really lively conversation or music or you said reading. That would not count, but that's fine. Like The the point is, is that stimulating is good for you during eating, but ideally with sound of some sort. And then when you regularly eat that way, you'll have more parts of your brain that can turn on and your strongest sense is the first thing that will become amplified. So your strongest sense is smell. And so you're really meant to navigate through life with the literal and energetic version of smell. So that means that you can probably pick up on smells and fragrances way quicker than other people. Yes that's I can.
1: True. Mm-hmm. and then, yes
0: okay, so that's good. and if you were like forcing yourself to eat in silence, I can almost promise you your sense of smell would deaden. It will dull your brain and your senses
1: okay I, I would agree with that true yeah thinking past.
0: Yeah. So this is, it's a very strange concept that's not something you learn in nutrition school. So if people are thinking that doesn't make sense biologically, this is about what happens in the energy field and in the aura. So you eat, With the stimulating sounds, your sense of smell gets heightened, but you also have an energetic sense of smell. So you're kind of like a dog that like sniffs out situations and you have discernment. Like you, if someone comes in your room, it's almost like you sniff them out, not just with your nose, but like you are checking out, like, is, are they good? Are they bad? Are they safe? And it's, it's a similar energy to how a dog would sniff people out. Okay. It's not like you're sitting back and feeling the vibes, or you're looking at them for clues. It's really like, let me sniff out the situation. Or you walk in a room and you're like, something smells off here energetically. Sure. Do you you know what I mean? Yeah.
1: It's it's a very. I think it's it's super subtle.
0: Mm Hmm.
1: It's very subtle, and I would say, looking back, I probably ignored that strongest sense and my sacral authority a lot while I was doing my experimentation.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So if you ever feel yourself like holding back and being like, oh, I shouldn't judge. I'll just walk in and everything's wonderful. Like that's not for you. You're supposed to walk in and have discernment and be a little bit like, like you're like the watchdog and you're like, wait, something's off. Or yep, this is I, good I, I know it's good
1: yeah that makes that makes sense yeah mm-hmm.
0: so then moving even on the, the next step further into environment you when you allow yourself to spend time in like the dry kitchens vibe so whether it's actually the kitchen or you just have this environment you're in where people can kind of come and go and create and one person's coming and three people are going and it's that sort of vibe and there's that creation aspect to it, and you're mostly in dry climate, then you have, this is something I've never talked about on the podcast, and I rarely talk about in readings because it's like going down a rabbit hole, then you have like another sense that becomes heightened. So this is not your strongest sense, but this is called your tone with the environment. And so it's kind of like an, it's like another strongest sense, or it's just like another amazing ability that will only come out of you. The best when you're in the dry kitchens vibe, and yours is feeling. So that one is called feeling and it's not about touch, it's about picking up on vibes and feelings and picking up on energy. So I'm going to just guess that when you're in those meetings in your kitchen space at work, and if it's not too humid, <laughs> if right. you, you probably have this ability to pick up on the energy of the group or the people there, and suddenly you're like really tuned in energetically, like you can pick up on the vibes and the feelings when you're in that environment.
1: Yes. Yep. That's yes, I can.
0: hmm and then if you were never in that kind of environment and it's always humid and maybe you're like always in more of a isolated environment where you're alone or you're in like a really like huge, vast, giant, busy space, like a farmer's market environment, then you would have trouble picking up on the feeling. Like you wouldn't be as energetically attuned.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Um like for example, this time of year, you know, everyone's talking about going to the state fair. There's no way I would go there. Me too. And most of, most of it is because I can't stand all those the the crowds. I can't stand that much people. And and maybe it's because this I can't pick up on any particular vibe or energy. It's just too mixed.
0: Mm-hmm. Could be. Could be. Yeah. So again, these these things like the environment and the tone of feeling are definitely not the most important part of human design right, sure. but they're really fun to think about and to notice in your life yes I, I
1: agree yes um yeah. and that and and Madeline will have to at some point have maybe a private reading cuz i would love to get into some of the um you know on the chart the, the different uh, uh oh gosh the squares and the cult, the defined or undefined, because that has been really interesting too. As we go down those rabbit holes, of boy, did it help me understand who I am. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, like the one I looked at is like my throat chakra, mm-hmm. which I should be like speaking my truth, and I have found that that has been super difficult throughout my life. I'm getting better at it, mm-hmm. but. super interesting that that mine is defined. Mm -hmm. And those are things that as I dig deeper into this, you can really, there's so many aspects to work on and it just gives you this sense of, oh, this is okay. I am who I am. And now I can work on these different aspects.
0: Yeah, totally. Yeah, for sure. And those are all things that we could really dive into if we just Had a reading, or we just kept talking. Or if you were in any of the human design accountability groups coming up, those groups you can for sure get help with those kinds of things as well. But I would love to finish up with one um, issue or conflict or something that's going on in your life that's not working for you or you're having trouble with. And maybe we can find a way to look at your chart for some answers. Oh gosh. Okay. Putting um, you uh, on the spot.
1: You are putting me on the spot because um, my life flows. I've created this where it flows pretty nicely, but let's say, um, well, it, for me, it tends to be, okay. So this, all right, this is going to be interesting. I belong to a CEO round table group. We're doing our annual uh, retreat coming up in a couple of weeks. And we are to, as we help each other like dive deeper and open up and create trust. We are supposed to write a letter to our 15 year old self. Well, I am really having difficulty with this because I have done a lot of like personal development work. And I look back, I'm like, okay, I don't have regrets. I don't like, how do I explain to people like, okay, this is for me (laughs) kind of a dumb exercise, Mm -hmm. but maybe not. I mean, I've had to dig. Out a lot of like stuff during that. That's that first thirty years. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how, how if you were me, how would how would I go about like maybe helping the group understand where I'm at, but also looking back in kind of this energetic level because a lot of people are not there. This may be a little bit too much. Like, what are you doing?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What do you think? I mean, that's a really kind of odd question. But
0: oh, I love it. <laughs> it's great.
1: I'm having difficulty. Yeah. writing this letter to myself as think yeah if well maybe back.
0: you want to think about talking about this concept of the six with your 15 year old and maybe okay. even bringing up like hey if you're having these troubles or you did have these troubles however you want to say it or maybe you are whatever struggles you can think of from around that time and don't be so literal mm-hmm. that it has to be 15. It's like, whatever. No, that it wasn't range. for me. I'll
1: tell you right now. It was like 18 to like 28.
0: Yeah. So if that's more meaningful to you, just talk yeah, to that, got it. that yeah. version of yourself and actually explain to her, Why these things are happening to her, why she feels the need to act this way, and then it's all going to turn out correct, and it's all going to be okay, and this is part of her purpose, and it's going to unfold in ways that she could have never even imagined. And um, I would also recommend that you... Really do some introspection as to why you feel resistance to doing the exercise. Not to, not that I'm saying it's a good or it's a bad exercise. It doesn't matter even if it's right or wrong for you, but really look inward and say like, why does this why do I feel blocked? Why is this bothering me? Um, and we didn't get to your life theme, and I knew we probably wouldn't because that takes so long to go through. But I do want to just say one thing that's about your life theme is that you're really meant to do things different, different than the normal way. And that I can see why like this exercise is an example of everybody's doing this, but maybe you would actually do it differently. And w- treat <laughs> treat this writing the letter exercise as This is an exercise for me, Nancy, to actually look at myself. Why does it bother me to do this exercise and how would I do it differently? (laughs) And then if you just have to do it for the group, just do it. It's not that big of a deal, but it's bigger than that. This is an opportunity for you to learn something about yourself. Why does this bother me? Am I feeling blocked? Like I just, I can't go there. Do I think that this is silly? Do, would I do it differently? Like really look inside because that's probably going to be the lesson for you more than the letter.
1: That is so helpful. <laughs> I thank you because yes, that, thank you. Cause I can't even, yes, that is super helpful to look at this in that way. Yeah. I, I can't, I think I can, I can do this now.
0: Good. Yeah, and just know that like maybe you'll need to just go through the motions writing that letter or maybe it'll turn out to be something absolutely life-changing, who knows. But right. it's more about that you see like, okay, this exercise b- bothers me and why? Why? Yeah. It's okay if it does, it doesn't have to be mm-hmm. you know your thing, but right. why mm-hmm. and what can I learn about myself and how would I do it different if I could?
1: Yeah, all right, that's really good uh, feedback and advice that'll okay, help good. Me.
0: <laughs> good. So before we wrap up, do you have anything else you would just like to share or, um, say anything else? Well,
1: Madeline, I, this has like enlightened me and thank you. I, and, and also, I think I told you the other night when I saw you, you can let your listeners know that we do know each other through, um, the studio. Mm-hmm. Um, but this has been like one of my secret dreams, too, to do a podcast. So thank <sighs> you. This has oh been really gosh. fun. So thank you very much for um, I feel honored to sit with you today. So thank you.
0: I hope you found that conversation inspiring and informative and educational, and maybe you even learned something about yourself or one of your loved ones today. Feel free anytime to book a one-on-one reading with me through the link in the show notes, or just go to studiotimeout.com and look for the Human Design tab, and it'll take you to the right place. Another way to get some help from me that wouldn't be a one-on-one reading would be joining any of the upcoming Human Design Accountability Groups. Those are great groups where you're able to get guidance week by week on how to actually live according to your design. So stay in touch over on Instagram. You can find me at healthy underscore Madeline. And guess what? Next week we start a brand new series, an educational series here on the podcast that I promise you guys have been asking for and you are going to love it. So have a beautiful week and I'll talk to you soon.